Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 19, Pig in the City. Hmm. <laughs> uh, this is our, I guess this is our, thank you for that. This is our Thanksgiving episode-ish, I guess. Uh, we'll loosely base it off Thanksgiving. I promise we're not going to do a Halloween episode, then a Thanksgiving episode, then a Christmas episode, then a New Year's episode. Yeah, we're not uh, a dying well, sitcom. I won't promise anything. Who knows? We might These are things we're ideas. scared to eat of. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But welcome back. Glad you could join us. Uh, if you uh, haven't checked out our last episode, I recommend it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I If I did say that. so myself, it was our Halloween special. We went a little longer, but it was definitely worth it. But uh, enough talking about past episodes. We are going to get into the current episode where we're talking about the past. We're going to hit on some news, and then we're going to talk about things from our past that we're thankful for. So, comma. Subtitle, semicolon, things that we're thankful for, but things things that you may not have experienced if you were born or had your childhood before the 80s and 90s, or if you had your childhood after the 80s and 90s. Correct. So we'll explain that a little later as we go on. First things first, how are you guys doing? I always forget to to do this. And uh, by the way, as always, I'm Corey Draper. I am joined by Colin Harmon. Greetings. Wes Allen. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. (laughs) Okay, so. So prepped. Yes, I know. (laughs) I'm so amazed. (laughs) Okay, so how are you guys doing? You guys, you guys fine? I'm doing Anything? well. Yeah, yeah. World's kind of busy these days. The There's busy. a few uh, political decisions that have been made recently, which That's makes true. for interesting news all over the internet. Oh, but, what are you talking about? Oh, well, yeah, I didn't hear that. Uh, this they elected a new emperor of Guam that is like really uh, monopolizing my particular news feeds, but oh, okay. I also might be a subset of people. Huh. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, interesting indeed. Well. Well, that trumps anything I was going to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got it. You'll be here all episode, guys. Got him. <laughs> well, as we want to escape the present, possibly because of these political conversations um, that center around Guam. Speaking of Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about uh, things that have already happened and are coming back in a segment we like to call A Recurrent Affair. I was singing that in the shower this morning. Mm, I heard you. <laughs> Again? Well, okay, so first thing we're going to talk about, and actually, Wes, I'm going to bring you right back down. The ecto-cooler is being discontinued Ugh. again. How do you feel? Are you okay? I feel awful. I'm, I have stocked up just like Y2K with it, mm-hmm. and I'm drinking some right now. Ect2K. Yeah, okay. Ect2K. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, sorry I'm very it's going sad about away. I kind of expected it because it, it still says uh, see Ghostbusters in theaters on the packaging. So <laughs> Please? <laughs> yeah. Please? Everybody's Thank already you. forgotten about it now. So. Yeah. One thing that I did at Halloween was that I had a case of Ecto Cooler Ray to give out to any kids that were dressed as oh, Ghostbusters. Nice. Oh, nice. you're fantastic. But not one kid came by dressed as anything Ghostbusters related. So. Man, too bad. I mean, there were some kids the previous year that dressed up as yeah. Ghostbusters, but my, um, none this year. One of my nephews was a Ghostbuster this oh, year. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. Man, they should have come to Wes's neighborhood. Right? More Ecto Cooler for me since it's not going to come back. That's right. so. <laughs> back into yeah. the horde it goes. Yeah. Well, the second thing, it's uh, on a lighter note, yet another thing that is being brought back from our childhood, Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. So this is going to be when a CG version. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <and you> <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> 
That was amazing. <laughs> Anyways, you were saying. Uh, anyway, so this will be a a CG version of the Muppet Babies, but it looks pretty realistic if it you does. look at it. So they're not they're not quite oh. puppets, and they're not quite you know two D animation. They're CG puppets, basically. They're CG puppets, so. and they they have the same kind of like fabric kind of texture to them, like the the puppets do. Or they're not puppets, they're Muppets. Right. Yeah. What's the difference Sorry. between a puppet and a Muppet? Uh, one has an M at the beginning, and the other one is a oh. uh, letter P. Homer Simpson says, uh, well, it's not quite a Mupp, but and it's not quite a puppet, <laughs> but oh, man. <laughs> so to answer your question, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if it'll be kind of like the Peanuts movie. Like That had a very particular style to Maybe. it that yeah. I felt like they were taking a lot of CG principles, but then really stayed as true as they possibly could to the original medium of Peanuts. Yeah. Maybe? There was yeah, uh, one of the Muppet movies they ha- that or- originated the Muppet Baby show before the Muppet Babies were a thing. They showed like a flashback to when they were all babies and they were oh. actual puppets. So oh. I wonder if they're going to make it look more like that. Interesting. Well, it's not yeah. going to air until 2018. I guess they have to animate <laughs> pixel by pixel and Naturally. go from there. <laughs> furball by furball. <laughs> Has it been just announced? There's not like any yeah. trailer or anything? There's an image, okay. like a teaser image. Yeah. But that's about Which you it. can put in the show notes. Yeah. But Is it coming to the XD, I think? Is it? I thought it was just like the Disney Channel. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah. Oh, Disney Junior. That's what it is. Gotcha. Slated sense. to air in 2018 yeah. on Disney Junior. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, even though we are in our 30s, we probably will still watch yeah. it. I'm oh, going to yeah. binge watch that. <laughs> 100%. So more things that are coming back from our childhood. We already know that Furbies have come back. And now apparently they're going to make a Furby movie. Apparently. Apparently. Which kind of so like, like a Gremlin sequel? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Another one. <laughs> yes. Um, and to kind of piggyback off of that, the Troll movie, Trolls movie was released, and we never really talked about the Trolls movie, but it's based off of a toy that we yeah. played with as children. Um, have you, either of we you guys caressed seen it? their hair? Yes, mm-hmm. and rubbed the jewels on their yeah. bellies. Yeah, which was alarming. Yes, <laughs> make that a kind wish. of habit doesn't work well now. It doesn't. It's one of those things you can't apply in real life. Yeah. So, did have either of you guys seen the Trolls movie? I haven't. I have not seen it, and I really thought it was going to be a complete flop, despite it having Justin Timberlake as you know a pretty keystone yeah. part of the music part. Like he produced all the music for it, and obviously his song was like air quotes the song of the summer and blah blah blah. But I didn't see it. But apparently, it's doing really well on Rotten Tomatoes, so it might be worth seeing. Yeah. I think that's what's surprising to me. It's, yeah. I mean, it just did not look all that great. But. Yeah, as soon as I heard about it and even saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going <laughs> to yeah. be a train wreck. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of those movies that seem like they're just a cash grab for, you know, uh, merchandising yep. and that kind of stuff, it's always one of those things. <laughs> no, where, people don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. My bad. They generally care about what we truly want. You're yeah. right. We all want Cars 3. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I might check out the Trolls movie. I'm yeah. not going to check out the Furby movie. I'm kind of done with Furby. Yeah. Furbies in general. Well, I think so. Furbies had like a bad rap in their time because they sort of like haunted people's dreams. Yes, and they did. Like they were very mysteriously talk to each other before we totally had an understanding of what that could mean <laughs> as children and adults, like with all the AI stuff and everything. So it was a peculiar uh, rendition of toys in that yeah. season. <laughs> very. 
And yet another movie that is bringing something back from our, our childhood is Beauty and the Beast. Yes. The live action version, of, obviously that's been in the works for a while. There's a trailer out. They just released the trailer. Yeah. Have you checked it out? Uh, yeah. We actually watched it together. We didn't hold hands or anything, but we definitely watched it. <laughs> um, and it, I, don't, I can't yeah. tell how I feel about it. Yeah. It, I have like mixed emotions yeah, about it. Same here. It seems like a rehash of it, like completely. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Which is fine. Yeah. You know, I mean. The first one worked. Whatever. It's just, you know, it's it's a live action version, and it's going to bring in a whole whole new slew of fans who weren't alive for the original, which is fine. Yeah. But, um, I feel yeah. like the Beast's face is too human for me. I think that's like, my main... Like, he's not very... Yeah. ...revolting. There's, it's a weird grotesque. combination. There's a weird combination of being creeped out by his ram's horns. Yeah, and his yeah. devil his horns. Hum, human face, which is so weird, but it's... It looks kind of satanic and just really yeah. creepy to me. I think that's what the like is... the the book kind of illustrated, like the old book. I oh, think yeah? that's kind of how he was first uh, kind of okay. imagined. But gotcha. I don't know. I feel like they could have done a better job considering the animated version. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. However it looks, it's going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. And <laughs> it'll probably do well. I Just based on the trailer and taking away the creepy factor from the Beast, it just the trailer to me just wasn't very good. I think they're trying to replicate the original trailer. Yeah. yeah. It almost felt shot for shot. Yeah. Even so, the poster that they have is exactly what the Beauty and the Beast poster was from the animated version. Uh, like interesting. It, it's exactly right. So they're not even trying to be like, yeah. oh, no, 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 this is different. They're like, no, this just a copy. Yeah, because that's, I think, what I appreciated about, you know, some of the other versions that they remade. Like with Maleficent, it was the same character base, but a whole other side of the right. story, which took some extra writing, which I appreciated. You know, even Cinderella had its own twist, even though it was a remake and a beautiful yeah. movie. It was still unique somewhat in its own way. Um, the Jungle Book is another one they remade that yeah. was very true and reverent to a lot of the original things, but then had its own sort of storyline that it kind of went about that was different than... The original animated movie, so and Peach Dragon, it completely yeah, did Peach a Dragon. new story. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't see the movie. Have you seen? I've Peach seen Dragon? it. How I, was that? I cried at the end. Wow, it nice. really got me for Gosh, some reason. Did. Like, I don't think it would make most people cry, but it's a, for some reason, it just made me weepy for the rest of the night. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, yeah it that, was good. That was a that was a surprising one too. That they, I wouldn't have thought that would have been one of the ones that they brought back that early in their, like, remaking everything yeah. process. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about that? Okay, so clearly there's a big push to bring back things from our childhood, which, of course, we love. Obviously, we yeah. love talking about it. We love making a podcast about it. But does it seem like it's overkill all of a sudden? So Disney is now, instead of making new movies, they're just rehashing their old ones and making it live action. Yeah. I mean, is that it's cool and it's fun to watch, but is it, like, are they just out of ideas? And yeah. leaving it to Pixar to come up with the new things. Maybe, yeah. I think that's what has been, I mean, kind of, if you look into the research about it a little bit, it's kind of been the epidemic of modern movies nowadays in the sense of, like, new concepts don't do super well, whereas, you know, making yeah. Iron Man 4 or whatever has been, you know, absolutely crushing because it's familiar storylines continued or prequels or what have you. And I think it already has a fan base, even if it's like new things like that yeah. they're bringing back or like comic book characters or Star Wars or something. It's a very it already has a fan base. So it's like, why not do it? So yeah. I understand it. And, it's and as what, long as it's good, it's like keep pumping them out. I don't know. Yeah. And it's even what really if you think about what Disney did originally, like the Snow White story existed. Cinderella, the story mm -hmm. existed like they were actually remaking it then and people that and they were telling those stories in a way that maybe they hadn't been told before or right. in a medium they hadn't been told before. 
And so in a certain sense, they're not necessarily doing something they haven't done before. It just feels kind of gross when you're having the juxtaposition of like we experienced them when we first heard of like right. uh, the Beauty and the Beast was in our childhood. And then now hearing it again in a new way, it doesn't feel original. But yeah. it really wasn't to begin with. So I don't know. It's a maybe the medium change is what is the original part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More Real quick. So than the story. Wes, the original Beauty and the Beast. 91. I would say 91 as well. Colin, can you check <laughs> us on that one? On it. Beauty and the Beast. Original. 1991. There we go. Nailed it. it. Bing, bing, bing. All right. Well, moving along to um, our kind of what we're thankful for. Again, we're going to talk about, and just in turn, just give our own certain things that we really appreciated uh, having as children growing up in the 80s and 90s that doesn't necessarily exist now or maybe exists now, but people before our time didn't have. So um, to give an example, hey, I'll go first. All right. So uh, the first thing I thought of, and it's really stupid, but kids didn't have it before our generation or after. Yeah. And it's the Game Genie. Uh-huh. And I know we've talked about the Game Genie before. A little. Yeah. But it was it was really great. And now Game Genie slash Game Shark. Remember those Game Shark uh, after yep. that? Game Shark. So and it was a it was a, a device that you used with cartridge games specifically that would mess with the code and manipulate the game for you. And you could put in cheat codes to do things on the game that you couldn't yeah. otherwise do. It was absolute wizardry. It no was. I have no idea how they yeah, did it. Yeah, I want to see like a documentary on how they did that. And it got so advanced. You know, the, the Game Shark for N64, you could go online and find out people who just are nerds basically and created their own cheat codes just by manipulating, you know, numbers and stuff and would give you this long list of numbers to type out and suddenly this thing would appear in your game. Yeah. I remember I would do it with the like wrestling games, um, like with the WWF uh, WrestleMania 2000 or whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh, we I now have a table I can slam my opponent through where I didn't have that before. <laughs> and it's like they just took elements from the game and just made, all of a sudden made one appear in the ring because of a game shark. And it's just the crazy stuff you could do with yeah, these things. Yeah, I have no idea how it works. So you can't, you can't do those now because there's no more cartridge games. And now you're just stuck with whatever hidden things that game developers put in there. And then before that was kind of the same way. So Now, would it be like it would unlock things that it wasn't supposed to like or would it just Sometimes. unlock all of the codes that were possible for that game yeah so there was kind of two different levels to it the, the first level was like this is just bringing out the hidden things that developers had in there or maybe things that they programmed first into the game but disabled it but you can right. bring it back up mm-hmm. um or you could develop your own cheat codes by taking you know the polygons from something an element from something and I, I use the example of the wrestling game. Like they took uh, a table that was just unusable on the side of the ring and just moved it into the wow. middle and then made it breakable. So uh, it's pretty impressive. I, I remember I had to type in just this long list of codes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It would take me 10 minutes to just get through all of them just so I could have a table in the middle of the yeah, ring. They'd be like great Gmail passwords nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, like ridiculous ones. So that's an example of something kind of yeah, it goes both ways. That's something that I really enjoyed yeah. as a kid, and you just don't have it anymore. That's so. really true. true. Didn't need to exist before, and there's no need for it yeah. to exist now. Yeah. So, like all right, Colin, what's, what's yours? Um, for me... It's a little less exciting than that, but like one of the ones that for me that I think our parents didn't have or the generation for us did not have and we had was TRL. 
And I feel like TRL for me, um, even though I watched it what felt like every day for a season of my life when I came home from school, it taught me a lot about musicians that I would not normally have known when it comes to like, I know to this day exactly what Blink-182 looks like and what they kind of stand for and why they made their music and what motivated them and whatever. And like, I have no idea who... If I saw Mumford and Sons walking down the street tomorrow, I have no idea what they would look like, <laughs> yeah, or like what they're about outside of like their Jason Bateman video and like what that they made. Like I have, just have no idea, and I think in a weird way it really opened my eyes to how much I thought they were being trendsetters at the time of like, oh man, they're really like setting trends. But the whole reason some of those musicians existed was to like buck trends and to like do right. their own thing. And yet, by being on television, they were started setting trends. And so it was, anyways, for me, it was a season of my life where I was like, oh, man, I will dress like all of these people or I'll start to, like, talk like them or, like, watching Carson Daly. Like, I'll paint my nail like him or whatever it yeah. might have been. And I got to this place where I'm like, what I'm copying is all of them trying to be unique and trying right. to find their own <laughs> way through that kind of stuff, which is actually the exact opposite of what they were trying to accomplish or anyways. And yeah. so for me, it was one of those things where I was so concentratedly exposed to like people trying to buck trends and or set trends that it made me not want to be a part of that at all in a weird way. So like from that day forward, I started like buying really boring clothes and like just like wearing the same basic uniform every day. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be the person that updates my wardrobe every year to like match trends. Like I can't afford, that's not my value system. And I decided that like really early on as like a response to TRL trying yeah. to make me really trendy. I think that's called becoming an adult. Maybe so. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly some yeah. interleaving there. Yeah. That's not wrong, but it's really peculiar how much that like that was a big part of, I feel like a lot of our generation's yeah. like, trendiness. And... Yeah, I now feel like trends come in. I think it's still kind of music centric uh, just because I, I the one thing I can think of now is that um, like people dressing like Justin Bieber, with the long shirts that I hate so much. The long shirts. <laughs> Do people shirts. actually wear those? I, oh my I gosh! I see them advertised. We <laughs> we have coworkers that dress like that. Yeah. I mean, the long shirt and their skin tight jeans, and it basically looks like how girls wear, you know, kind of like the long skirts that come down yeah. to like mid thigh, and we'll wear leggings under them. Looks exactly like that. <laughs> I feel like Haley, Haley always kind of talks about how like. Guys' tr- fashion kind of like trails with uh, women's fashion a lot of the yeah. times. Yeah, it's like skinny jeans were first for women. Right. That's true. Now's for men and the long shirt and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, man. I think it looks so dumb. Yeah. And that is funny. Sorry if I'm offending anyone, but like seriously, it's dumb. Stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you're that like, shirt Because, in. and the thing is, is that you are not going, going to be wearing that when you're 60 <laughs> years old. Like you're, like it is straight up a trend. Right. And you're going to look back on your pictures where you're wearing this ridiculous skirt and being like, what was I thinking? And so that's one of those things. And I, you know, I, I could go on a rant about it, but it's just one of those things that, to me, that's not being yourself, right? It's like you hit that point where you're like, this isn't this. I'm just trying yeah. to copy somebody. I'm being somebody else. I'm not being I'm, me. I'm, yeah, I'm being some. I'm being someone so people will look at me and notice me. Where it's like, I'm fine with finding your own style, and if it happens to be a popular style, that's fine. But it's just like, you weren't before Justin Bieber wearing these long shirts, and now you are. And you won't be later. It's right. not going to carry over and it's a trend. And again, there's some hypocrisy there because there's some like things I like that are trendy. Like uh, right now, for instance, uh, um, Henley's, like Henley shirts. Yeah. Those are kind of trendy right now. I like them. I like the way they fit on me. Mm-hmm. But I could see myself wearing those for a while, even after they're 
unpopular. But yeah. anyway, I'll stop ranting. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I feel like a just really old person. Just <laughs> go back to baggy jeans. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, we're all sitting on our rocking chairs right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyways, TRL for me was one of those yeah. things that I valued for various reasons. Wes, what's your... What I'm thankful for is, uh, is I don't know if you you guys will have context for this, but it's like uh, the comic book artist Todd McFarlane. He was a huge artist in the 80s and 90s, and he made most of, of his work is mo- known for uh, Spider-Man, and he created Spawn. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, I started reading comics around when it was like his heyday, and his run on Spider-Man was incredible. Like most people are either an art person or a writer or like a – like a writer person when it comes to comics yeah. and like I'm very much like an artist kind of guy because like I'm a designer so automatically sure. I go through the visuals but the amount of detail that he added to things that most artists would completely skip over it was just like incredible mm. one of the things he was mostly remembered known for was Spider-Man's webbing like most people would just draw two lines and put two like a bunch of X's in between it, but he like did it in this most intricate way, and people had a name for it called spaghetti webbing because like it was all oh. kind of twist and turned and all that kind of stuff. And he was partially uh, responsible for creating one of my favorite comic book characters, which was Venom. Mm. And uh, I would draw Venom just because, like, the amount of detail he put in just Venom's teeth was incredible. Yeah. So, like, mm. it kind of taught me to focus on, like, details that would normally – normally people would just skip over. Mm-hmm. And I would just draw Venom's teeth and draw each and every tooth. And and the thing that, like, Spawn was uh, a huge part of my middle school years. It's like he, he and a few artists left Marvel and started their own uh, comic book company called Image. And that's where Spawn came from. And Spawn was kind of like a mixture of like Batman and Spider-Man, if you kind of really think about it. But yeah, he just kind of really influenced me when I wanted to become a comic book artist. Like he he really taught me to kind of focus on those details. Hmm. I like that. That's fun to know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good because, you know, as a designer now, it still kind of yeah. has an effect on you. Yeah, and it's definitely something like in your work that you always pay attention to the things that people will be like, yeah, I understand that that would be a good thing to focus on. But, like, who's got the time for that? But you always invest that time into it. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I almost spend the most time on that than I do, like, on the the whole design or anything like that. That's interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. So my next one is one that every generation had – well, not every generation. Every uh, 20 cent- 20th century generation had up until pretty much ours was rabbit ears on a television. Um, and yeah, that's interesting. I was really thankful for that, Get especially just because it's, yeah, I mean, you know, there were struggles with it, right? Because, you know, you had to twist the dial and then like uh, manipulate the rabbit ears into a certain direction. Let and, go of them, see if it's working. Yeah, have your sister sister stand on one leg and like. <laughs> Get the tinfoil out. Yeah, yeah. the tinfoil. <laughs> um, and, and I never really had to use them until I, I got to my grandparents' house and they didn't have cable. But on top of that, I like now as an adult and. I don't have cable. I'm a cord cutter, so I just don't want to pay for cable. And you have to get the digital antenna. Yep. And you, like, it still doesn't have a far re- – I live kind of near the mountains, and so it just doesn't reach. And it just has a black, no signal screen. And I feel like if I had the rabbit ears, you could still get some it would still reach the Mexico. air. You know, exactly. It would pick <laughs> up something. And yeah. even if it wasn't in the best picture quality, there was some snow, I would still be able to pick up a little bit. So I'd be able to watch some – 
football, it's on the local channel or whatever. Hmm. But now I have to use the internet and then like basically use my dad's cable login to, you know, <laughs> log into Fox or whatever. And it's just, it's a, it's a big to do. And it's like, man, why can't I just have rabbit ears and just get some free TV? Yeah, that is interesting to have to think about that. And another thing, too, is that, you know, they had, like, little handheld televisions that you would have rabbit ears on them. So it's like you could take it camping, put some batteries in it, and you can watch some TV and just pick up whatever the ears are are taking. And you can't do that anymore. I bet you there's, like, someone's basement somewhere that has so many of those just, like, (laughs) encapsulated as relics. Yeah, yeah, we had like, a tiny TV that was like the size of like a lunchbox that we would take to like the beach or something mm-hmm. like that, and like have like I don't know why we watched TV at the beach, that but like yeah. it, it was the fact of the matter you could take your TV anywhere. I'm an right. American, I do what I want. Well, and now we have our phones, right? But they use data, and then that costs money. And it's like this was free over the air; yeah. like you could just take whatever comes to you and uh, free broadcast. Yeah, free broadcast. So I, I kind of. Missed those days, and I'm kind of sad that like my kids won't experience kind of yeah. that struggle, but also it, it was a, a comfort to have. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. No, I haven't thought about rabbit ears in a long yeah. time. That's crazy. Uh, I think for me, uh, sort of building on the television thing, uh, but a big influencer for me in my age group was uh, the X Games, or that like started in 1995, and mm-hmm. even before that. Um, was like Destination Extreme or X3 that was on ESPN 2 or 3 or the Ocho or something. <laughs> I don't remember. One of those like random ESPN spinoffs. And I used to just watch so many extreme sports and it was kind of in like areas where I had been in California most of the time where they'd be like in Seal Beach or in Huntington or different places like that where they would host them or like they ended up being at the Staples Center in a long time later. But I remember just like watching the X Games and being like, exactly the people that I want to be as good as are on television, which was not true of like our parents' generation of being like kids that wanted to like be good at BMX bikes, which was barely a thing like in yeah. the 70s. Yeah. I don't know, like alternate sports and things that we're like now watching come into yeah. mainstream Olympics type of stuff. It's just a really neat thing to have seen it all sort of start at like a... That's true. I don't know. In that season, it happened like at like the right time it in did. our lives. Like as as we're influenced by those like really cool things and like enamored by them. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like you know skater culture nowadays is definitely still a huge factor. Maybe not. Maybe more so in certain places than others. But I mean, gosh, having it like televised like that constantly in a certain way. I mean, like skateboard videos and that kind of stuff were such a huge part of that that it was just fun to watch like it was hard to go to your skate shop and like find a vhs of a skate video and then like go watch that at home and like try to figure out how they did those tricks or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. but then like watching that on like broadcast television was just awesome like i i missed that a little bit you get to watch it on tv and then try it and then completely fail and break yeah. your arm and... i remember like trying to record <laughs> it and all sorts of crazy oh, stuff yeah. so you could watch it back later and I never got to go see them live, but I guess mm-hmm. I still could. They're not gone. Isn't yeah. that kind of why ESPN2 started? Is that right? They kind of wanted to keep that, that for the more. That sounds familiar. Like I feel like of, I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, maybe, Colin, you can vet that. But, I yeah, I feel like I've heard that. I, I mean, I do remember when X Games was becoming really big, and it's like while we were in elementary and middle school and, like, watching it on ESPN. Um, but I don't and, – and I guess ESPN2 did arise around that time. So, yeah, maybe. But- Hmm. It's not really like that anymore, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the reasoning was. I mean, it's, it launched in 1993. Looks like ESPN two. Oh, really? Okay, so that's a little bit earlier than I um, thought. 
But it seems like that's where they were starting to do some of the stuff like NFL Tonight and RPM Tonight, and they kind of started doing some of those other commentary-type shows, it seems like. I mean, I'm yeah. reading it as quick as I can on Wikipedia. but Gotcha. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe it was a big portion of that. I mean, I know they were like the first ones that had like the graffiti-themed uh, logo. Like they were like the, All right. Yeah. yeah. That was a big change from like the broadcast-looking ESPN. So yeah. maybe that makes sense. I hadn't have to think about that a little more. Maybe that's not exactly what they – what caused ESPN to, but what kind of put it on the map or made it a good, like mm-hmm. make it made it a successful channel. But. Yeah, like maybe that was kind of what made them cover some of those like alternate sports in yeah. that sense. Yeah, yeah. They had the freedom to do that. Huh. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Keen. All right, Wes, last one. All right, mine was this is gonna be kind of sound weird, but I'm thankful that the Ninja Turtles loved pizza. <laughs> if you know me, I am the weirdest person about food. Uh before the Ninja Turtles, like I only ate probably like grilled cheese sandwiches and pb and j like i had a very extreme and i still do have a very extreme like limited food palette yeah like i'm a picky eater like i won't eat most things and i was not interested in pizza at all until i saw ninja turtles and i was at the very impressionable age of five or six when ninja turtles were big and the fact that my favorite cartoon characters were obsessed with pizza really spiked my interest and they made it look so delicious yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i i always say that like tv tv or like animated food looks so much better than real food for whatever reason tv pizza yeah oh yeah the cheese like dripping off of it it's like a spiritual experience to watch somebody (laughs) eat pizza on tv it really is just me and had I grown up in any other time period, I might have missed out on pizza. Like that might be an extreme <laughs> yeah. thing because I event- like I didn't eat a taco until like five years ago. So it's like <laughs> I especially would have missed out the best time to have pizzas when you're a kid. It's like I would have missed those like Friday nights, or I, I yeah. might have even missed Book It. Like yeah. how, how oh yeah. terrible would that have been? So like how boring an, would a Chuck E. Cheese have been for you? Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so like an alternate timeline, Wes is just obsessed with tacos and just, like just <laughs> tasted a pizza. What if what if they were like were obsessed with like Brussels sprouts or something. Do you yeah. think? Yeah, I don't know. That would have been. I like love a... eggplant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that should be like a lesson to those like creating kids shows. It's just like I. I will say I think I've mentioned this before. Popeye's obsession with spinach actually caused me to like start to like spinach as a kid. Really? So I used to like eat chips, that. and when I would like crunch it up to a little, it was like kind of gooey. Like I would pretend that it was uh, spinach <laughs> because like it doesn't Poor look, man's spinach. like Popeye's spinach doesn't look like actual spinach. Like it was all kind That's of true. like goopy and. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. So, like, I would pretend that I was eating spinach while that's <laughs> eating <amazing>. crunched up <laughs> chips. <laughs> Man, that's a much better way than the route yes. I took was actually eating spinach. Yeah, actually yeah. eating human spinach. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you. Uh, could relate to at least some of the things we said. And if there's some ideas that you have, feel free to contact us uh, at passforwardcast at aol.com or at passforwardcast on Twitter. Yes. Or Facebook dot com slash past forward cast and we'd love to hear what you guys were thankful for in your childhood uh, specifically things that you experienced in your childhood that no other childhood could experience we'd love to hear it and we might read it in a future episode but um i guess that's all we all we have for today so until next time be excellent to each other thanks for tuning in later snorks <laughs> <laughs>